Praise. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. You have found our Hebrews Bible study on Pastor Curtis' Facebook page or possibly the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel. And we're excited you're with us today. Please grab your Bibles, pencil, paper, get ready to learn some wonderful truths in God's Word. As we begin today, our study of Hebrews chapter 7. This is part 1 of chapter 7 on this 20th day of September 2021. And it's going to be, I believe, a great time in the Lord for this half hour of teaching. And uh, again, I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson from Crossway Church here in Queen City, Texas. If you're in our area and you're looking for a local church, I encourage you to please come out and be with us and you will learn the truth of God's Word and His name is Jesus, the one who said the Bible is all about Him. And we're going to see even that today in a greater way as we study the seventh chapter of Hebrews as the topic begins to be Melchizedek. And this, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit begins to point back to a character in the Bible way back in the book of beginnings in Genesis so that we could see a greater, have a greater picture and view of, of who and what our Jesus is to us now and will be forever, his role as high priest. And it must be very, very important because the, the, the Holy Spirit writes this letter uh, in, in this book of Hebrews and, and as we've seen in our study session, the first six chapters, it's a wake-up call. If this is your first time to tune in, please don't, don't just try to jump in right now. Go back and start in the beginning uh, and, and, and follow along. If not, you, you're going to miss some of the greatest insight the Holy Spirit wants you to have. Uh, but as we have studied We've seen the first six chapters is a wake-up call. That's what it is, a warning that you've got to give the more earnest heed to this great salvation, that we are Christ's house if we hold fast this confidence and rejoicing of hope till the end. And, and, and let, let us fear lest a promise being left of us we seem to come short of. All these warnings and wake-up calls, and specifically when you get to chapter 5, and the first time the, that Melchizedek is mentioned is in chapter 5. And when he's mentioned, the Holy Spirit says, I've got more to say to you about this, but your hearing is dull. It's sluggish. It's, you become slothful in your hearing. And, and, and the wake-up call is there. It's, it's before chapter 5, but it really hones in on why uh, their, their hearing is dull because they're still babes on the milk when they should now, well past time, they should now be on the meat of the Word, which is experiencing the Word of God's righteousness and where their discernment is, is greater. And uh, so I, be, I believe that after we leave chapter 6, he, the Holy Spirit comes back to a focus on Melchizedek again. Well, do we, what do we think about that? Do we think that, uh, well, uh, so I guess they can't, they can't hear it. Well, he just goes ahead on it anyway and tells it. When they can't hear it, no. The wake-up call came. There will always be a few that wake up, hear the call back to 
righteous. And it's the only place, if you get away from the Lord, it's because you've gotten away from His path of righteousness, which means we've wandered away, begin, we've begun to trust in other things or lust after other things than simply the cross of Jesus Christ. And when He calls us home, and I don't mean to heaven, I mean calls us back to the path, it's always the path of righteousness. The wake-up call to babes in Christ is a, is a wake-up call to begin to experience the word of righteousness in experience, in practice, in, in everyday living, in, so that our discernment, I'm, and it's not even talking about going to church. These people were in church. It's talking about a greater level of discernment, a greater level of being used by the Lord. Remember what he said, you ought to be teachers by now. And that could be one of two or both. Uh, you ought to be teaching literally, verbally with your lips. Everywhere you go, it ought to be what's burning in your heart, but especially with your lives. You're discerning more and, and, and you're growing like, like never before now. You're, you're becoming well matured in the things of the Lord, but not because you're going to church every week. Not, not, not because you're even teaching a Sunday school class, but when you're becoming experienced, ex this is not talking about quoting the Word. This is talking about having experiences daily of the Word of righteousness. We need to get that. We need to understand that. So what I believe begins to happen in Hebrews chapter 7 is the Holy Spirit goes ahead with what He wants to say what he needs for us to hear and those by this point well they, they they've chosen whether they're going to uh, be convinced at the conviction that came at the word that came or they're going to sit there and say oh we're all right we're good we're going to make it no oh, no that, that's not how this works those that choose to stay babes and they don't heed the wake-up call they they refuse to to give more earnest heed to their salvation. They, they refuse to fear lest they lose the promise of entering into His rest. They, they refuse to awaken as God calls them and, and they choose just to keep going as they are. Well, Hebrews chapter 6 covers those people. Don't, I mean, I can't help what everybody believes and teaches and has for so long that's so false. The wake-up call has come. There is a remnant who has accepted God's wake-up call and they've asked for His help and they've moved on in spite of all the others who've refused to. Listen to me this morning very carefully. Don't stay dead because everybody around you is dead. Don't stay slothful because everybody around you is slothful. You're not going to blame them at the judgment seat. You and the Lord. That won't be no finger pointing at the judgment seat. So we need to wake up and go on with Jesus no matter who else is or isn't. That's the best thing for those around us is to see us waking up, being not just convicted, but convinced and going on with Jesus. Hallelujah. So chapter 7 is the beginning of the teaching and the really diving in and, and, and pointing back to the, the, uh, uh, the, the, such a wonderful picture the Lord gives us, really not of Melchizedek, although that's who He points for us to look at, but we're looking through Melchizedek 
all the way to our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And only those who have awakened, only those, remember, those who are babes on the milk are not going to get this. They're not going to get this. Babes on the milk are still learning the pure, the sincere, Peter said, the sincere Word of God, the sincere milk, the pure milk of the Word of God. That's how the Bible, the Bible stories are about Jesus. Okay? But the meat is how those words of righteousness concerning our righteous Savior that did the perfect and finished, completed righteous work at Calvary is now applied to my life in daily experience. Do you understand that? Back to Hebrews 5. Experiencing the Word of of righteousness, bearing forth the fruits of that righteousness. Not just telling folk where I go to church, but them seeing the fruit of the truth that I'm believing. Oh, hallelujah. That's what's lacking in our nation and all over the world. Folk don't mind telling everybody where they go to church (laughs) if they even go. Most folks, uh, they don't even think there's anything wrong with not going to church anymore. They've got so many justifiable excuses. My goodness, I mean, they got a, they got a one-armed grandmama coming in on the airplane with two suitcases. I couldn't be there Sunday. My Lord, if we're, if we're going to drop anything these days, it's going to be church. If, if we get too busy, it's not anything else going to drop off. It's going to be church. That's so sad. It's so sad. But the Lord goes on with His teaching and those who... This is all one letter written here. This is one letter. So uh, they're reading this whole letter. And so those who chose to accept the conviction and allow the Lord to convict them that it's time to wake up and to mature and go on. We got to get, get serious about this salvation that we have. Well, He goes on and He teaches them and he allows them to hear. You do understand that. Don't you? He allows them to hear. He's already told them, I can't tell you any more about this Melchizedek because you're slothful in your hearing. This teaching here is not what graduates us off the milk to the meat because that wasn't happening. He said, I can't tell you about this Melchizedek because you can't, you're not hearing properly. You've grown slothful and sluggish in your hearing. So it's only when we choose to accept this wake-up call, if we have been babes far too long and we're sitting in dead churches, admitting they're dead churches, and our discernment is so low that we're not even putting the pieces together that I'm going to have to give an answer for that at the judgment seat of Christ. Admitting our preacher's dead, our preacher's not preaching like he should. We're in a dead church. And we sat there 20 years because it was mama and grandmama and great-grandmama's church. Like they have some authority and sentimental value over the truth of Almighty God. I'm just trying to help folk this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So here in chapter 7, he hones in on, if you will. He, he, he starts teaching about this male Kizadak. And again, let me say it. He, he begins to teach those who are, are at least transitioning off the milk 
onto the meat. They, they've heeded the wake-up call and we want to learn this. So please teach me. I, I, okay, I realize I've been here too long. I've, been, I, I've grown uh, weary. I've grown complacent and slothful. I, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to just give me what I need to grow, okay? And, 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 I, and I believe while you're on the, the pure milk as a babe until you reach the transitioning point, and it's not that you're not growing as a babe in Christ. You, you are growing, Peter said we grow thereby. We grow by the pure milk of God's Word. But we have to reach a place where there's, we're transitioning just as in the natural from the milk to the meat. And that's when our uh, experiencing of the cross of Christ, the victory of Christ begins to happen in our lives. Our discernment starts getting a higher level. It's all there at the end of chapter 5. But the focus here is on Melchizedek. But really, the Holy Spirit, and I've said it, let me say it again, He points to Melchizedek so we'll look through Melchizedek and what happened in His ministry all the way forward to our Jesus and His eternal ministry. You see, the, 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 the priesthood, and that's what's going to be the focus here because we are the priesthood of believers. And Jesus is our high priest. And, he, and, and the Holy Spirit's trying to get our attention and show us that we are in a priesthood of believers. You go, you go back and you study the priesthood that God established and set in place, and, and you'll see this even in a greater degree now that the Lord, if He has your faith back planted firmly in His redemptive plan, that means His Son and what His Son did at Calvary, that means His Death, hallelujah. Yes, that's right. That means again today we're trusting in the death of Jesus. Glory to God. That's the only way we're going to be made conformable into that death. Philippians 3.10, which is the image of the Son of God for us to be made conformable into, conformed into on our journey through this life. The crowns later, the being conformed into the image of His death is now. Daily denial of self, take up cross, it's a place of death. It's the only avenue through which we experience life and resurrection power each and every day. And we walk and we walk with Christ and follow him. But verse 1, chapter 7 of Hebrews. The first word in this verse is F-O-R, for, which means because. So let's go back and look at the last verse of chapter 6. And he's talking about Jesus here. Whether the forerunner, the one who ran before us, is for us entered. And he, the verse 19 talks about it's the veil in heaven he's entered into. Even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Our Jesus has been made, has become our high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And as we go through chapter 7, I want you to remember this all-important point. No matter what you've read in commentaries or what people have said in their opinions, Melchizedek was not eternal. He was a type and shadow of the eternal one. The order of Melchizedek is what's eternal. The order of the priesthood is eternal. 
And we'll see Melchizedek not having any uh, father, mother, and all that. The Bible says he was a man. And there's only been one man who had no earthly lineage. Wasn't reproduced after man's kind. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So remember that as, as we go into this. What's eternal as we look back at Melchizedek is not Melchizedek, but the priestly order that he typified. Remember that. It'll help you. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, which most believe was Jerusalem, 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 that most believe that was speaking of Jerusalem. Watch. Priest of the Most High God. And let me say this before we go through this. There is much unknown. And men throw their opinions out there they really can't help. They can't do any good. We're, we're given what we, what we need to have been given by God. God always gives us the most important details that will help us. The most important details that are for us. And if we'll just take what He's given us without adding to it, we'll see the brighter light He intends on us having. I believe that with all my heart. But this Melchizedek, is, he is a king. He's the king of Salem. He's also priest of the Most High God. That's Jehovah God. And he met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and he blessed Abraham. Now, if you want to see this, what we're about to get into, make a note that you can read all about it in Genesis chapter 14. His Abraham's nephew Lot had been kidnapped. He, he'd been living in Sodom and Sodom had been overran by five other kings of, of five other nations and, 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 and Abraham got word that Lot had been kidnapped and taken away along with all the women and all the goods. So Abraham got 318 men all together and went and slaughtered the five kings and all their armies and got Lot, rescued Lot, all the women and all the goods, the Bible says there in Genesis 14, and brought them home. And on his way home, that's what we're about to read about again. And it, listen, when the Lord reaches back from the old and brings us something into the new to look at, He wants us to see the light and the reality that can only be found in Christ. In Christ. He is the light. He is the brightness of God's glory, the very express image of His person. And what we're about to read concerning Melchizedek gives us a greater picture, hopefully, and dependence on and love for, trust in, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, with a, a bigger picture of actually what we have as New Testament, New Covenant believers, what we have in an eternal high priest, that there will not be an end to it. There won't be 10 trillion trillions of light years of time in the distance where God says, okay, that's enough of this. We know that's not going to happen because God can't lie. And when He says it's eternal, my friend, it's eternal. It's without end. And the reason we struggle with that because for us, after a few days, everything's old to us. But we need to understand when God makes something new, it doesn't ever 
even begin an aging process. It is new, forever new. Hallelujah. We need to know that. We need to understand that better. When The new heaven, new earth is not going to uh, age and get decrepit where God's going to have to make a new one. The one he made at first would have lasted forever had it not been for men's sin. We need to understand these things. But Abraham, returning from the slaughter of those five kings, he met this Melchizedek, king of Salem, and this king of Salem, this Melchizedek, blessed Abraham. And we need to remember that because this is a type of Christ in his high priest role we're looking back at in type and shadow typology so that we can understand better of who we are in Christ, who he is to us now eternally as the great high priest. He blessed Abraham. Has our great high priest blessed us? Oh my goodness. He's given us all spiritual blessings. He's given us his full undivided attention. When he delivered his son up on the cross, Romans 8.32, he has given us all things freely with him. Hallelujah. Verse 2, To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation to this king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. This Melchizedek, his name interpreted means king of righteousness. That's my Jesus. Hallelujah. It also means king of peace. In Romans 14 and 17, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not what you eat and drink. It's not what you wear. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that's who this Melchizedek was in that day in type and shadow to point all the way to the cross and who Jesus would be as he died shedding his own blood. And the Bible says in Romans 3, 25 and 26 that through faith in that blood, that blood declared the righteousness of God being offered to humanity. And Colossians 1, 20 says that, it's, that, that, that he's made our peace by the blood of his cross. So this Melchizedek represented the coming Redeemer as the King of Righteousness, the King of Peace, the one who would come and give all of that to us, not in type and shadow, but in a manifestation of God Almighty in Christ, His only begotten Son, the Son of God, giving Himself for the sins of all humanity to make us His children. We need to always be mindful of that. But we're going to begin to look at something here that most may run from, and, and, and they will if, if, if money is their God. If they're not serving God with their money, but they're serving their money. And, and we're going to see the tithing here is brought into the picture, my friend, and it's not to make just all these other points. It's brought in with a specific mindset. And we're going to see some powerful things in these passages concerning tithing, concerning the way God 
sees things. And that's all I'm really interested in. I don't care what thoughts I have that can't be confirmed by the Word in the light of Christ and what He did at Calvary. I don't care what you think. I don't care what anybody's relative. I don't care what all these preachers who've been preaching all in all these years in our history of the church who've not been cross-centered. Because if they're not cross-centered, they're really not Christ-centered. They might say they are. Their ministries may claim to be Christ-centered, but without being cross-centered, the redemptive plan of God centered, we're really not Christ-centered. And so we, we need to know that. And I know it makes a lot of people mad, but it's only because they're not where they need to be with the Lord in their understanding. If they, instead of getting mad, or when they get mad, go search the Scriptures in the light in which they were written. you got to watch where you're going to church. you got to watch preachers you're listening to. If they're not ministering God's Word in its righteous context, which is only revealed in the Gospel, then they're, minist- they're holding the truth of God's Word out of its context. And all that can be the fruit of that, no matter what it seems to man, is ungodliness and unrighteousness, even if we're calling the fruit righteous and, and the fruit godly. And we've done that for years. M- millions are doing it right now. If we're holding God's Word, the truth, outside of its righteous context, the only fruit that can be bare is ungodliness and unrighteousness. That's Romans 1.18. And the righteous context of God's Word is the Gospel. It's Christ and Him crucified. Outside of that, my friend, preachers preach on the cross and then they'll preach the rest of the year on all this focus on this other stuff. No, if the cross of Christ, the redemption of plan of God is not entangled in everything that we preach it ain't got no power it has no power and it can give no wisdom except that of men we need to remember that so this Melchizedek we see immediately in verse 2 here is sure enough the way we say in Texas a type and a shadow of Christ because he represents Christ in His being the King of Righteousness and King of Peace. There's only one of those. There were representatives, there were types and shadows, but there's only one King of Peace and King of Righteousness. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. He is King of Kings. Glory to God. And the Bible says in verse... Let me me see what I've got here uh, in this note here. Uh... Well, I've already said that. So, verse 3, Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like, made like, get that, made like unto the Son of God, he abides a priest continually. This type and shadow only. Melchizedek didn't live forever. And we're not told in the Scriptures that this was the pre-incarnate Christ. We're not told it was Seth. We're not told. We're just told exactly what we're told. So don't stretch it, my friend. You stretch it, you get in trouble. Don't add to it, you get in trouble. Don't take away from it, you get in trouble. Just stick with what's said and cry out to God for a greater understanding. That's what we all need to be doing. So this man was made like unto the Son of God. So that means it wasn't the Son of God. Okay? Did, did you get that? 
Verse 4, and we'll come back to this. I just want to show you this phrase in verse 4. Now consider how great this man was. He was a man. Melchizedek was a man. So him not having mother, father, beginning of days, nor end of days, would have to mean there was just no record of his where he came from. It's kind of like Elijah. Elijah just showed up. You're reading along in the Old Testament and all of a sudden, there's Elijah. Don't give no great detail about Elijah. He just shows up. God can do anything. God can have somebody living out in the woods 40 years and then, all, well, today's your day and call you forth and there you are and God's using you mightily. God can do anything. We need to remember that. He was likened to the Son of God. And we need to remember this. But I don't want to go... But let's read verse 4. Now consider how great this man was unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of his spoils. And, but he calls him... The Holy Spirit here lets us know he was a man. Melchizedek was a man. But... The last portion of verse 3 says he abides a priest continually because he represented an eternal son of God who would have an eternal high priest ministerial role forever and ever over his priesthood of believers. His, his priesthood abides forever. If he was a man, the Bible says he was, it's appointed unto all men to die once, then the judgment. Come on, see how easy that was? See, the Lord will give us what we need if we just allow the Holy Spirit to bring the, the Scriptures in to uh, the, 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 what we're studying and what we're learning. He will, he will righteously divide the Scriptures for us, giving us what we need. It's appointed to all men to die once, then the judgment. And so this Melchizedek, he's not still on the earth living today. He was a type and shadow of Christ who would live and reign eternally as the great high priest over all his priesthood of believers because of what he did at Calvary. Can you believe we're out of time? We didn't get very far. We might have got farther than we usually do. But I just want to say thank you for tuning in. Tune in Thursday morning. We'll start right here at 8.30 a.m. again and dig a little deeper and, and try to see what the Lord is saying to us today. He only wants to help us turn the light on brighter. His name is Jesus for us along the way. Pray for us. We're praying for you, every one of you. And we just praise God for all the soldiers of the cross. And uh, we'll see you Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then. God bless.